Greetings, errants, glitches, breakaways, thought criminals, and genuinely open-minded and outright curious inhabitants of whatever simulacrum we find ourselves navigating at the moment. You are about to set sail on another free first hour episode of The Melt. If you find yourself wanting to dig deeper and have the desire to join the conversation during our monthly Melt meetups, you might want to consider becoming a monthly subscriber. For a measly five dead presidents per month, you can have access to full-length, early, and exclusive episodes. Just click the Patreon or Locals link in the episode notes below to create the timeline that will set it all in motion. It's suspiciously simple, altogether painless, and just might inspire feelings of bliss and or lingering euphoria. So, without further ado, let the conversations begin! This is Hunter Muse. And this is Chris Snipes. And you are listening to The Melt. been a huge fan of therapy. Regular old talk therapy never seemed to do much for me as I often saw what the therapist was getting at long before they actually arrived there. It wasn't until I started seeing a Reikian therapist, now this was about 30 years ago, who after having seen her three times told me that I knew what I needed to do to heal and that it needn't involve her. So she left me to my own reconnaissance and I eventually embarked upon a path of healing. The same goes for self-help books. I found many of them too prescriptive and lacking the words that I needed to hear. Many seemed to have a formula that was expected to be remedial for everyone, which often left me feeling that much more hopeless and lost because it never seemed to come close to addressing any of my issues. Well, today's guest, Dominique Vallée, has recently released what some might classify as a self-help book, Zen Findel, The Mystic's Path of Self-Knowledge. Yet, it doesn't claim to provide any answers or prescribe any formulas, but rather opens a series of metaphorical doors that the reader must decide to enter or ignore. Ultimately, our paths have to be self-initiated, and we must find out what it is that we need by introspection and due diligence. Dominique has put in the time on all counts and has gifted the world with a well-articulated document of his metamorphosis. I start off the conversation by asking Dominique what inspired him to want to write a book about his journey. 
it's it i guess at this point uh the the road well it's kind of hard to talk about the road itself because it could have taken so many shapes and forms you know um it's more of my it just it's it just felt like the right the right time i guess it's a, kind of a boring answer <laughs> well maybe uh yeah maybe maybe there's a more uh ordinary answer is uh you know like i i did menial jobs um and as you have and you maybe still do and a lot of people do and uh it was just that time in my life you know like i turned 45 when i was i started writing the book and i was like okay <laughs> something has to happen here because I was working at that at a warehouse you know like packing web uh orders of I mean it was a tea house so it's cool it's the tea store but uh still I, uh, I mean it, it was mind num numbing and especially for me like I mean the the you know we all have this search for meaning I mean maybe not all of us but a lot of people do to me it's it's vital like i'm i'm more sensitive to this it seems uh than a lot of people like i i literally literally feel like i'm gonna die if what i do has no meaning you know so even in those boring jobs like i would try to find <laughs> like little chips of meaning you know like oh i can say that i contributed that way or this way and it was very hard you know and so um something happened i got an opportunity that i i will keep to myself for now but it's nothing Ill illegal or uh <laughs> <laughs> darn it <laughs> damn it no yeah i had uh basically an opportunity that came up that i thought you know, like I can take the time to write this book um, and I need to do it now because uh, even on a spiritual level, I, I didn't really know where I was going or I, I really needed to do a, a synthesis of my whole, <laughs> yeah, my whole spiritual life because I'm a, like I have a very DIY approach to, to, uh, to spirituality and uh, it can get messy at times. And uh, when you step back and you look at your life and you you realize, well, it's all cool. And my I feel my mind is expanding and my consciousness in a way. But uh, concretely, my life is still the same and it still sucks in so many ways. So um, I'm going to try to do something so that it sucks less. Um, maybe because just of the book and just, you know, trying to do some other type of work. Uh, but also to grasp and to really, really um, infuse my life deeply with my spirituality, you know. And I needed to clarify things for myself to do that. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big key to... Well, to just about anything, but uh, a, a, 
a fulcrum, uh, an important fulcrum point in one's life, I think, is the the quality of attention and presence that you give to any moment, any given moment, yeah. uh, and that can that can lift uh, up just about any situation, even if you are working some menial job, scrubbing floors or rehabbing houses or packing tea into boxes at a warehouse. If you're fully present and awake, um, that's kind of a vague term, but, uh, and you are able to sort of in that presence, take advantage of the situation in the most positive and constructive way possible, then you can lift any moment up into something that's enlightening or, or nourishing. Yes. I would put a little caveat in there, though. Um, because I realized it's not really a way... Um, how can I put this? Yeah, it's not just what you do. Like, basically, I agree with you that the um, the presence the quality of presence you're gonna um embody through your actions whatever they are you know like it's 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 where um meanings meaning comes from so it kind of doesn't um really depend on what you're doing in a way because as long as you're very you're really present but the part that people sometimes uh put aside is there's a life force uh trying to express itself through each and every one of us you know and this life force um pushes us naturally towards some things and not towards others and nowadays we have this idea of like doing a normal job that's a that's not a very noble thing or, you know, look, I should do something with my life or whatever. But, you know, like I, where I was working at the warehouse, there was some, there were some people there that were really happy doing that job and they were doing it very well. But it's like they had other things that made their lives uh, meaningful, you know, so it was okay for them to be there. So, it's it's kind of a there's a sweet spot you know like when you're doing something that um yeah you know like whatever you're doing you know like i could think you know like oh i should be a musician but if my mind's not there you know like even if i i i, I don't know someone gave me a million dollar and said uh, okay take your time record an album you know uh if i'm not completely invested in there and this investment of oneself comes from nature a lot like i always give the example of plants and trees you know there's they they don't really think they just have this thing that pushes and they don't have strategies forethought or at least they don't think so yeah sure. <laughs> i'm not a plant maybe <laughs> sometimes but <laughs> so you know like it's it's um you're you're right you're totally right that the quality of presence 
is important. But for some types of characters, uh, it's not sufficient. You're going to, if you're not where uh, your life force pushes you to be, I don't like to say it like that because it sounds like an ex external force and it's a bit more complex than that. But you're always going to feel dead inside, even though if you, if, even though like, I don't know, there are some artists, you know, like they, they're very popular and very rich and some of them, they're really not happy, you know? So. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's. That, that could be. Go ahead. Go ahead, please. I was just going to say sometimes that they learn to identify with that suffering and they think that they need it as a source of their creativity. There has to be that friction there for them to have something to reference. And, and often a lot of people, I mean, I, at one point in my life, I thought that was the romantic way of going about being an artist mm -hmm. is that you had to be tormented, which is a bunch of bullshit. I like it. It took <laughs> me a while to figure out that I'm much more creative when I'm happy and at peace than I am. You know, sometimes writing a song or drawing a picture or making a painting can get you out of a tight spot when you're, when you are suffering, but to have that have to be the centerpiece to your creativity, I think is, that's not a good, that's not a good precedent to set for yourself. I don't mm -hmm. think. Yeah. And well, like you said, you, well, you I would all just, have, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I would just add that I think uh, maybe another perspective is that maybe the intention should be that you are 100% present regardless of the job. So I cleaned houses for many years, but for several years, I ran a production company for a very famous studio. And I found that what I applied to both jobs was the same intention which was that I was going to be present and give 100% of myself. So it wasn't at all about the job. It was who I was in that context. And I think that that is more important than what the job is. Well, I think you said the key word, who I was, you know, and who you are at a very, very deep level. Um, that's what you not necessarily have to find on an intellectual plane <laughs> or a, like a intellectual manner, but um, okay. Well, because I'll take my 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 own example. <laughs> so one thing that made me think, you know, like yeah, man, you should write a book, is that maybe you've, you have noticed, um, Chris, I have a hard time writing short emails. <laughs> I, I make a lot, a lot of efforts, but like, there's always something, that little detail that I'm like, oh, I should probably say that too. It seems important, you know? And yes. like, you have no idea how how much effort I put into sh writing short emails. <laughs> um, but yeah, and you know, like my, if I, if I, 
the idea behind uh, finding your true self or maybe something that could help is try to see what is what what comes naturally you know and but this this thing that comes naturally it can be expressed in many ways you know so for example before i uh was working at the warehouse i was working in the store at the tea house and it was a, like a specialty tea place um where they have almost just teas, um, I mean, from the tea plant, not herbal tea. And we had about 200 different kinds, you know. And so my days were spent connecting with people. And also it was uh, uh, mainly uh, plain tea, as in uh, there wasn't anything added Uh, like fruits or flowers or whatever, aromas. Uh, So I really had to connect with the clients, you know, when they came in and to figure out what their needs were because we had very, very like cheaper kind of tea, which were very good too, but uh, that people would use to uh, stay awake during the exams at the end of the year. And uh, we had very expensive teas that are that were made more for uh, special moments, tea tastings and stuff like that. So I had to figure out like, what does the people, the person need? So this connection I, I, you know, like my my need for this type of connection, it was f- fulfilled. Uh, actually, <laughs> it became unlivable after a while. I I had a uh, burnout uh, after six years at the store because, uh, well, this the store grew in popularity, so there was less and less time to spend with people. Uh, so I had to rush it. I couldn't connect as much. And I, 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 you know, like I tried to connect with people when there's a, um, there's other people waiting and I have to navigate all that, try to be quick, but try to be, to still connect. And it's, it drained me out, you know, <laughs> completely. But, you know, it's an example of me, who I really was, the, the person who needs to connect with others to share a deeper experience of things through tea. I like it's possible by the way, <laughs> for people who don't know. <laughs> sure. um, and, but after a while, yeah, it was too much. So yeah. I, um, it fulfilled the need for me. And it's the only job I kept for so long. I was able to keep for so long because it was fulfilling, not only fulfilling a need, but like allowing me to be myself in many ways, not as much as what I'm doing now, you know, like all the, like the spiritual philosophical stuff I can talk about for days, you know, like, I'm sure like this conversation we're having right now, like at the end of it, I could still go on. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so it was about that, you know, like just realizing that just coming to term with that, you know, like, okay, I have, this is where I, 
I want to focus my energy. And it's pretty amazing. Like for a guy like me was, who's always been a procrastinator, <laughs> you know, and never really going to the end of, you know, my projects and my goals. Um, that's the first thing that I thought actually is if I managed to get this book written and published, it means that I've figured something out. And it's even more important to, for me to, to com communicate it because uh, a lot of people, you know, who write books and who do the shows and have like, they're very active. They, they're not like me. They have this drive, you know, it's natural for them. Well, I mean, I don't want to generalize too much, but for a lot of them, it is. So they, a lot, they, they don't even understand my situation, you know? So I thought if I managed to get out of this loop, you know, I have to talk about it because <laughs> I'm sure it could help others too. Absolutely. I think a, a ghost just entered your room because your door just opened. Was that yeah, your it's a little uh, black? It's a little black, black ghost. You're familiar. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, like he was gonna come at, at one time. Oh, I thought if I if beautiful. I if I shut the door completely, he'll scratch. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I thought it's exactly. better if he comes comes by for a quick visit. And that's that the beauty awesome. of podcast. Also, I love yes. when there's little little guys like interludes. That. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I I listened yeah. to the audio version of your book, and it was very interesting to hear Graham read it uh, because he comes off sounding much more dramatic yeah. than you. You you have a much more playful voice. He it was like listening to William Shatner read it. I <laughs> yeah. mean, it was very <laughs> nothing against Graham at all. I love Graham, and I love well, Grimerica. Go ahead. No. I actually, I, I, there's something that I liked, especially about his voice is that it's, um, it's a bit gravelly, but kind of high pitch. And it reminds me there's something, maybe it's just me, but there's something a bit punk about it. <laughs> I could see and, that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, to me, like it made sense, you know, like instead of having like, a I don't know, like, a How do you call them? The uh, people who study uh, uh, Shakespeare, like an actor, like with a perfect diction, like yes. uh -huh. reading this book. We, I don't yeah. know, you know. <laughs> yeah, that would sound too so to, formal. To me, like, and, and also like, I'm sorry? That would sound too formal. Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely uh, a punk uh, DIY angle to my the way I approach uh, spirituality. So it just made sense that, you know, like it would sound like that, <laughs> but yeah, I would have loved to uh, record it myself, but it's more a matter of time actually. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I, I was very um, impressed by how you um, articulated a lot of very complex ideas And things that are actually hard to communicate, um, uh, nuances and 
uh, struggles and all the things that can come in the road of somebody who's trying to get to know themselves and reflect on themselves and their motivations and and life and reality in general. There's so much in this book that I think you 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 articulated it very very well. It's very very well written. So and it's there's nothing. Although I listened to the audio version, there's nothing like having the physical version, which is so beautiful. The aesthetic is absolutely captivating. Oh, kind of like our logo. <laughs> well, I'm. <laughs> well, I'm I'm happy you like it. Because, yes. Uh, yeah, I did everything in there. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, who would you say that? I mean, is there anybody that you had in mind when you were writing this book, uh, or were you sort of writing it to maybe an earlier version of yourself? Oh, I love that question. Uh, all of these answers. <laughs> I mean, I had, you know, depending on the, on the, um, the topic, I, I, I did always have a specific person in mind. And it's funny that you say, you're saying, uh, you're mentioning maybe the idea of a, a past, like a, a younger version of myself, because I don't think I would, I, I wrote it for this me of the past or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, but I often stopped, you know, to talk with 20 year old Dominic, you know, and say, and often, often actually at the end, you know, like just revising the book or at the end of a, 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 a chapter, more reaching out to that guy, that depressed 20 year old, uh, saying, you know, like, it's, 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 uh, it's okay. You're going to be good. <laughs> you're you're going to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I would think it would be very, so, uh, I think I would think it would be very easy to write a book like this and not, and not have your sort of like write the book that you wish that you would have come across at a certain point in your life. Yep. That's how I, that's exactly how I wrote it. I often thought also of, well, two people, actually, I thought of my mom a lot because my mom is, um, she's not a, a cerebral person. And I really like that you, you said that I, I, I managed to convey some, some uh, complex ideas in, in a concise way or it was something like that that you said yes. right yeah. <laughs> yes um because i that it's often in my mind i said i thought my mom has to get it if my mom gets it and it's not that she's stupid that's of course not what i mean she just apprehends life in a, a different way and there's um yeah, her, you know, like her joie de vivre is uh, uh, instinctual and something that I've, I've, I've had to fight for for years to obtain. But for her, it's just 
you know? So anyways, because uh, we, we, we had, I can honestly say that my mom is my friend now, you know, we have, we do have this mother-son relationship, but it's very funny how we talk and we know when it's that and when it's just two human beings talking together, you know? So yeah, my mom. And also like a friend of mine who's, uh, who's very incredulous. Mm -hmm. I didn't say skeptic. Notice that I didn't say skeptic. <laughs> I think we have to reclaim that word because to be skeptic is to accept that you don't know everything. Exactly. And people who we call skeptics nowadays, that's not what they do. Yes. They're just incredulous. <laughs> Indeed. So, yeah. So he's my incredulous friend. And I love him to bits. But uh, yeah, there's a couple of, there's a bunch of, uh, you know, like the, the stuff on magic and on uh, astrology and divination. I had my friend, that friend in mind when I was writing them those chapters <laughs> because he would have thought that was a bunch of baloney perhaps um or he was skeptical of it it's my friend who um you'll you'll get you'll you you'll understand it's my friend who some years ago i went to visit him and he knew that I got into UFOs and I hadn't seen him for a while. And uh, he told me what was going on in his life and showed me, showed me his uh, vegetable garden and his new house. And then it, it was my turn, you know, to say what's going on. And he stopped me in, in my tracks and he said, I don't want to hear about UFOs. Wow. That's it. So I'm like, oh, and I, that was a big thing for me back then. <laughs> so I didn't mind, you know, like I don't need. <laughs> I'm lucky that way. I don't I really don't need pe like people's people's approval that much. So sure. <laughs> I didn't really care. But it was sad for me, you know, that uh he didn't trust my maybe trust my intelligence enough to think well maybe there's something like but i i know now that it's not that you know like it's mm -hmm. there's people who just they don't want to know yeah. anything they don't want to they don't want to take the risk you know that maybe they'll they'll end up believing in ufos or <laughs> astrology <laughs> you know that's for yeah. dumb uneducated people you know who who, who can so who can th somehow... writing the book in a way was my um my my uh, occasion to just sit him down and say <laughs> shut up i'm just gonna go you know like from the beginning to the end of my idea and then you uh -huh. can tell me what you think he did buy my book though cool <laughs> nice we talked about it yet but uh-huh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend. I can totally relate to that. I have a very, very old friend that I've known since the late ish 80s. And um, 
we used to have a whole lot in common. Um, he used to be a very open-minded person, and maybe he still is. He's just, maybe he's better at masking it these days. I don't know. But um, we used to have a lot in common, a lot of overlaps, a lot of similar interests. We both listened to Psychic TV. We're in the Temple of Psychic Youth together into, uh, you know, exploring ideas about chaos magic and tons of stuff. And then we kind of parted ways, not necessarily consciously or intently, um, for several years. And then I kind of stumbled upon him on Facebook and kind of reconnected with him. And what we reconnected over was more like Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson and those kinds of people, but not in the the same sort of esoteric metaphysical things that we'd connected over before. Uh, and mm-hmm. as I, we got to sort of be reacquainted with one another, I realized that he was not into any of that stuff at all. And he, he kind of wrote that part of his life off, or at least that's the way it came off to me, uh, as something sort of lascivious and, and like that was kind of silly to get into all of that stuff. Uh, and so I, I sensed a sense of a sort of cynicism about him. Uh, which I do not share at all. And I I really have a kind of a knee-jerk reaction to people who I feel are cynical or who have hardened uh, and who are closed-minded. I don't ask for agreement. I don't ask for people to be like-minded. I just, I I crave open-minded people, open-minded conversations. And I didn't feel like that was Mm -hmm. something that we shared anymore. And that was kind of sad, you know, like we had that, we used to have that spark and that connection and we could have these great conversations for hours and hours on at, at a time. And it, that stuff just wasn't there anymore. He would, you know, inevitably start talking about something that he'd saw on CNN because he has it playing constantly in his house while he's pulling bongs all day long. Uh, so yeah, so I, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I mean, it's hard for me to, like, there's a, there's a lot of people around me like that, you know, like you, with people who you can't have those conversations, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, those conversations, it's, it's <laughs> so funny that it's, it's so vague, but we all know what it means. You know? <laughs> for sure. Uh but you know, like one thing that I, I I talk about in the book, and that I ended up uh, spending a, a lot of time reflecting on is uh, um, archetypes, like our our archetypal built, you know. And it came. It's funny because I started thinking about that when I got my for the first time, or technically the second time, but anyways, um, when I got my, uh, natal chart done, you know, and it was so mind blowingly exact, you know, it's, it, it, you know, like I had to, I had to, you know, like not necessarily astrologically because I don't think, uh, astrological, influences are the only ones that are shaping us, you know, uh, shaping our egos. And by the way, when I, I, I 
say this in every interview, but when I talk about the ego, personally, I just talk about the vehicle. I don't talk, I don't think uh, of the ego as that bad part of ourselves. Sure. You know, it's yeah. just the machine. Yeah. So, you know, like, uh, how is it that astrology can be so precise? Is that it? It, uh, yeah, it gave the first, I'm going to talk out of my ass right now, but anyways, um, it kind of gives the first impulse, archetypal impulse to our, our vehicle, whether it's our um, uh, emotional body or our intellect, uh, intellectual body or our physical body is part of our ego from my definition of it. You know, so how can it be so uh, precise? Well, you know, if you don't realize that you live in a, <laughs> in a, you know, like a, a winter, um, sorry, uh, probably people re have realized right now that by now that uh, English is not my first language. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just looking for the words. <laughs> yeah, take your time. Um, <laughs> so if you live in a, you know, in the south, in the South Pole, and you don't know that er there's like summertime, er like with sun and you know, like and tropical climate anywhere, you think that that's just your life, you know. So one day you see a picture of a guy like surfing <laughs> and you're like what the hell is that you know so the way i see it is and i i did name uh i think the the chapter on astrology like uh the weather weather archetypal weather yes. or something like that yeah. and you know like you'll blame life or circumstances if you've never surfed and you've lived all your life in, in Antarctica, you know. <laughs> but if you know that it's just, it's how, it's where you were born. And the, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm clear now, but when you're born in some, uh, in a specific archetypal built, you know, there's things that you, they will be extremely hard for you to do, you know? And, I'm not really uh, talking about uh, horoscope or prediction or the, the, the you know, like the, I, I'm really focused on the, you know, what happened astrologically when at, at birth, you know. But even if you don't believe in that, it, you don't have to believe in astrology or whatever. We, we're all built on different sets of archetypes. It's an undeniable, you know. So all this to come back to our friends who, you know, like have difficulties with certain subjects. In a way, I know that my friend is not built for those conversations. And it's not because he's not conscious enough or, you know, like there's, uh, 
certain parts of reality that it's it's too hard for him to grasp mm -hmm. just as there's cer certain parts of reality that are that are too hard for me to grasp sure there's i i see how this guy lives his life i'm like how the hell i was gonna say how the hell can you do that how the hell is a human being able to do that but it's more than that. It's like, why would you even want to do that? You know, like work all the time and have like a huge family and stuff. Like I would die like in two weeks, like in that situation, like it would be too hard for me, you know? <laughs> well, maybe not, but we, we adapt and we, you know, indeed, but maybe it's a, it's a, I don't know how, uh, how good I'm explaining all this, but uh, this ability to step back and to look at life, even forgetting that you yourself are, are a human being, you know, like to step out of your vehicle, not your ego as in step out of the bad thoughts and the no, even step out of the good ones, you know, just step out and look. Well, I say just step out as if that's easy, but this ability, you know, like it can provide um, a certain calmness when kind of reflecting on, uh, well, th those people who are different than us, who we have, uh, a hard time connecting with uh, or events in the world that seem so absurd, you know, uh, this stepping out, this, uh, you know, becoming alien. It's something that uh, has brought me great peace. And it doesn't mean stay there. It's not like just stay in that alien space. No, you're not going to be happy there either. Like we're here to play the game of life, you know? So just, but you, to step out, you know, like it's, uh, imagine if you play Monopoly, but you just, you can only see one little spot at, the, at a time, you know? It would be impossible. It would be really hard. But if you can step outside of it you can play the game a bit better i think <laughs> <laughs> you mean like zoom out like <laughs> in order so you can see the bigger picture the bigger context yeah zoom out out well again it sounds i don't want to make it sound as if that's an easy thing to do but yeah stepping out of space time but really, really step even outside your, the, the ego and the vehicle, which is made of time, actually, you know, stepping outside of it. <laughs> there's a, even the, the, well, to me, like my experience is even the craziest shit that happens <laughs> on this planet, you know, it's really really stepping out of the game sometimes you 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 look at it and and you just understand oh oh that's why it's going on it's the waves you know 
I see why we're on the verge of dropping into totalitarianism and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's like, oh, yeah, it's it's time for that. It sucks and I don't want to I don't want it to happen, but also it has happened. Some people have fought it. Maybe it's a good thing to do. I don't know. I don't know. But at the very least, just looking at this, at all this from, like, just not from a human standpoint, standpoint, at the very least, it can help us just relax a bit, you know? I don't know. Like, it's it's something that really bugs me when people in, in spirituality, uh, they say things like, oh, you just have to let go, you know, or let go of this feeling, or you have to stop thinking so much, or it's like, oh, man, are you fucking kidding me? It's <laughs> as if it's easy. It's never easy. I mean, even like, <laughs> like, like the, 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 the masters in the mountains, you know, like, they think they overthink sometimes. Also, you know, like, there's no there's no superhuman like I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm kind of going on a rant now. But rant away. Yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I know, I know, I know, no, no. Okay. Uh yeah. This uh making it sound easy is very annoying to me. The just let go, or oh, you just have to Yeah, you just have to let go. You just have to expand your consciousness. You just have to face the truth or you just you just have to do this, just this, just that. And I don't know if what's more annoying is people saying that or people <laughs> buying that, you know, like it's. Life is complex, like it's nothing. I'm not teaching anything, anyone. To anyone by saying that and that's why i think to come back to the book <laughs> that self-knowledge is so important because you're the only one who can understand what you have to let go of what you have to feed uh to make grow to kill within you with within yourself and Whatever, if it's an easy thing to do or not, it's for you to understand for yourself because you're the only one who can know how your vehicle works. I don't know if I'm making sense. <laughs> that, no, that totally makes sense. I think that's the mistake that people make sometimes, especially when they write books or they have a seminar or they've figured out the the magic uh, set of steps uh, or rituals to accomplish something is that those things may have worked for that person. But just like saying that everybody must have the same diet and you will then be healthy, that's ridiculous. Everybody has a different biome. Everybody has a different uh, spiritual ecosystem. Everybody is completely individual. Uh, so maybe... Mm -hmm. You know, we that's why I think it's a good idea to take bits and pieces from different places is that you have to put something together that makes sense for you. Um, 
but I think that's the, the mistake. And you don't you don't make that mistake in your book. You don't say this is what you need to do. Follow these steps, and it'll work. You're just presenting ideas. You're presenting questions, and you constantly remind mm-hmm. the reader that you not you are not there to provide any answers. You're there to just provide bits and pieces of your own experience and your own insights, and the reader then can take choose to take or leave that uh, and maybe glean something that might help them on their way. Precisely. I mean, I, I don't know if I wrote it. I think so. Uh, that I tried to, <laughs> I didn't say that I, 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 I uh, succeeded, but I tried to put the book between the reader or or rather i tried to put the reader between um pure uh potential and the first formation of an idea or uh, a desire or an opinion just um push people to uh be inquisitive enough to um Put their focus, their lens, their conch, the, the, yeah, consciousness to me is kind of a lens, basically. And to put it there, you know, uh, I, I, I titled a a section of the book, uh, Dark Side of the Moon, because I, I made, it was a reference to the, the cover of the the Pink Floyd album. Uh So to put your, your, your um yeah your your focal point within that crystal when pure light turns into colors but it's a representation of the archetypes also you know I, that's the way i see it it's the first form you know like put your consciousness there and observe how uh an idea forms within yourself and then, <laughs> well, that's kind of the punch of the book, you know, like you, when you do this exercise and you manage to, to, you know, to have some success doing that, sometimes you can turn the, the lens back to your, yourself and you think, but who's that looking, you know? <laughs> And then something gets revealed that I can't really put into words. And I hope the the readers will get there, well, if they want to. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But <laughs> you have anything to add, my dear? I can't imagine that you don't. <laughs> I, I think that... Uh... The generational thing that I see happening right now is the the difference in a work ethic. I think that uh, in previous generations, there was this idea that with hard work would come inspiration. And now I see mm-hmm. a lot of um, maybe this younger generation kind of sitting back and waiting to be inspired to then do the work. 
So I think the the challenge is that um, sometimes you have to do these menial things that we're talking about in order to maybe create space for inspiration. Do you think that that uh, part of this kind of laborious um, perspective of you know being on top of the mountain and still having the monkey mind uh, kind of activated that there's this idea that that you have to have some certain degree of stillness in order to find uh, your creativity like where does that live for you I've I've uh, I've thought about that a lot because I was trying to make my book as universal as possible, you know, and uh, that stillness of mind. I was really questioning, you know, like for me, it's it it comes easily, you know, but as easily as it comes for me, it's going to be harder for someone else. And I kind of touch on that uh, in uh, the the chapter on meditation, because I kind of take the word meditation and I split it apart, you know. So to be in full presence to me is more significant in a way more, I don't want to say important, but I'll, I'll say that for now, uh, than doing, doing this, reaching this, this state of mind by spe- uh, in a specific way, you know? So I'm, I'm questioning because it's, it would be easy for me to tell people that you have to still your mind, you know, and to, um, to really see who you are. But I can only imagine that for some people, it's not how it works. They will figure out who they are. And I don't want to stray away too much from your question because we're talking about generations. Um, But for some people, it's going to be being active and yeah being in uh, living through uh incarnate events and doings you know like very tactical uh tact uh is that a word like with the tactile <laughs> tactile yeah <laughs> tactical um <laughs> This is how meaning inhabits them, you know. That's how it's go- they're going to become n- the nature's impulse. It's through that, you know. So I'm not big on the you have to do this and you have to do that, you know. The only thing that I... I I couldn't get rid of in the book is you have to be willing to be, you have, yeah, you got to have the will to be extremely 
sincere with yourself, like brutally sincere. That's the only thing that I, and, and to make a bit of, t make time for it, you know, to kind of reflect sometimes and do it in the way you prefer. That's the only thing I couldn't get rid of. Um, but then, you know, like, But maybe I need clarification on on your question. Uh, do you uh, what do you mean by the you know this this new generation uh, as in they should be maybe taking more time to reflect or and to learn to still the mind or I think that that the the uh... Kind of the the difference that I see now is assuming that inspiration, like creative inspiration, is something like a light that shines down on you and you, you know, write this <laughs> manuscript or this, you know, the song comes through you and and that there's really no work involved in becoming inspired. Uh in my experience and, and talking to creative people, most of their, their creative inspiration comes from doing, meaning either mm -hmm. doing a menial task and then they, some light bulb goes off and they have some epiphany or some thought because they weren't really thinking about that specific thing that they were trying, some problem they were trying to solve. They went and did something else. And then the the mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. answer came in that regard. So kind of pivoting to your friend talking about his garden, when I think of that, I think maybe the way to to inspire him to have the UFO or the alien conversation would be bring that into the syntax of the garden. So... I've kind of blended metaphors here when we're talking about someone being inspired by um, feeling like they need some outside source to inspire them or they're inspired by action. As a creative person, I guess what I was wondering is, do you think that your creative inspiration, even the inspiration to write the book, came from action or did it come from you being in some form of stillness where suddenly you had this epiphany and it was like, Oh, this is what I need to write. And you wrote it down. <laughs> um, I don't want to sound like Alan Watts here. I think that's him who said that, <laughs> but actually it, it <laughs> Uh, the inspiration came when I, I got out of my, of my own way, you know, and, uh, to me, it came, uh, after, for me, it came after a, a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of reflection, a lot of deconstructing of my own beliefs, uh, and then, you know, like it just over time, I guess, made a way to uh, inspiration. 
But I understand that, okay, there's this story that happened to me. That's there's a, it's a very, uh, very important event in my life that happened and it keeps coming back. <laughs> and so I'm going to tell you guys uh, that story. <clears throat> my, my father died uh, 26 years ago. And he had been, he had been sick for a long time in <laughs> many ways. Uh, so it was, it wasn't really a surprise and he had cancer. He had a, I don't know if that's how you say it in English, lary laryngectomy. He got his larynx removed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah. And he was an, in the hospital, uh, in, on his last days, you know? So one day I get a phone call and it's the, it's my aunt. And she said, uh, well, okay. The doctor said, uh, it's probably the last time we're going to be able to, to have a conversation with him because after that, he's going to be pumped so full of drugs that he won't, he won't be able to talk. So we're just, we're trying to get all the, his kids uh, in there and his brothers and sisters to have a final conversation with him. Um, and so I got there, we were all in the room and we're talking with him. And then it felt like the right time to just one by one, you know, have that conversation. And I went first for some reason, you know, and I don't know. I I'm I'm wondering how much how many how much uh, details should I say, just for the sake of getting to the point. So, okay. So my dad, like as I said, he didn't have a larynx, and he um, spoke with a, a little buzzer. Mm -hmm. It's not the, <laughs> you know, the ones that people they they push on their throat. Like he yeah. had the, the, the cheaper version. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it was like a, a, like a little buzzer with a straw that he would put the straw in his mouth and push the button mm -hmm. that would just go like, Meh. and with the movement of his mouth, it would produce more or less vowels, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah. I had lived with him for, uh, alone with him for, uh, two and a half years a bit before. So I was really used to hear him talk with this. And actually sometimes he wouldn't use it when we were just, it's, it was just the two of us. So I learned how to read on his lips. So we had, that's how we had our conversation and without the buzzer. And he said, uh, well, it's not really important what he said, just last words, you know, but then something really, <laughs> I'm going to say magical happened is, and I've never 
heard anyone say tell a story like that. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's been who's lived lived that. But anyways, for what felt like not even a second, it's as if someone took our histories, like our whole histories and switched them as if for a fraction of a second, I, I was him, you know? And I often say that I don't want to dirty the memory of my dad because there was things that happened that were not okay, you know? Uh, it was, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, he was a heavy alcoholic and at the end of his life, uh, took a lot of, uh, medication also. So the mix, <laughs> as you might imagine, wasn't very good, you know, um, And there's a lot of events, you know, that have um, in my life that have, I don't know by what miracle they, ha it hasn't scarred me, but it didn't, but it should have. I'm, I'm just fortunate to, to have had that ability to step out of things, maybe. I don't know, but that's another thing. So the consciousness exchange. You know, thinking back on what my dad had done to me and my step-siblings, uh, instantly I... <laughs> I understood, you know, I just understood deeply there. It's, it's not even, um, how do you say pardon, um, forgiving. It's, it's, it's like, am I going to forgive the sky because it rains, you know, or forgive the, the cat because he bit me or, you know, like, It's just things that happen. And to me, like in that moment, it was like, oh, okay, I get it. Not only I, do I understand <laughs> what drove him to act in the way that he did, but I'm pretty sure that if I had the exact, exact same built, archetypal built that I keep saying, <laughs> Um, I would have done the same in the same history in the same, I would have been the same because I would have been him, you know, but we're, we, we don't experience that, you know, like we, we can have some kind of empathy. Sometimes it's even just imagining for me at, at least it's try to imagine what people could feel because when I do when this happens, I feel bad. So I can imagine if it's even worse, like how this, how this person can feel. It was much more than that. It was not about anything that I could think of. It was just, it's, 
it was just there. So there was there was nothing to to forgive. And so to get back to what you were saying, <laughs> it's the same for everything and everyone that we encounter. Uh, and for sure, there's uh, trends uh, in society that we can observe with uh, different generations. I see trends in my generation. I'm a, I'm a late Gen Xer, <laughs> but I do see, you know, like, anyways. Um, but there's there's always something deeper, you know, and I try to focus on that more than the trends, you know, uh, not because it's better to do that or to act that way, or I'm just answering maybe to give it people and you guys an idea of, uh, how I came to write the book and how what what type of experience you know fed that book but there the, again it's an archetypal thing we need people also who see the trends that's what they look for you know so i'm not i f i think i'm not really good at answering maybe your question because you're better than me to look at things this way, you know. But, but I think also that all these differences between all of us, it's sometimes also to help with, uh, you know, that stepping out. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's uh, seeing humanity as if it was just one big human, you know, just one. And because... You know, they say as above, so below. It doesn't just mean, oh, what's going on here is also happening in the stars. Of course, it means that. Or, you know, like a neuron looks like a galaxy where I don't know what, what else, you know. It also means um, <laughs> it also means what's What's within us is also within. It's it's a reflection of what's in this big human. And we all have those little voices and little internal humans who don't agree, who who sometimes even hate each other, you know, like within ourselves, you know. So we need this. We need these people the the people who don't see uh the way things we see them for the sake of the big human, you know, <laughs> it's so weird. Cause I'm, it's kind of new for me to talk about this kind of thing. And I, I don't want to sound preachy, you know? And yeah. I think that might be a, an excellent place to, to put a bow on all of this or else we could just go on. <laughs> days and i don't have that much hard drive space so <laughs> <laughs> but uh 
Bumble yeah, I guess I guess I guess this was a, a really inspiring quote. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Grandiose. Yes, for sure. <laughs> a tattoo of it as soon as uh, I can arrange it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Dominic, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to sit down and chat with us. It was great meeting you. Um, we've corresponded off and on for at least several months, if not a couple of years, like since you. Oh, first... years, years. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. how many, but. Yeah. I don't know how long yeah. you've been a member of the the Melt family, but and provider of such a fantastic logo and artwork that we have. But uh, thank well, you. Well, my my membership predates the logo. Uh, I yeah, was yeah. a fan of the show uh, for a long. Like the, uh, the uh, you you contributed to my me staying sane and maybe even me writing the book uh for all those years working at the warehouse with the boring job i was listening to podcasts for hours on end and i listened to you guys a lot <laughs> a lot <laughs> fantastic well, much so i'm really happy i kept thinking i'm so i'm i'm so sad that i couldn't be there physically with you guys yeah uh but it was great. I'm I'm really grateful for you, for you to have uh, given me this opportunity. Absolutely, and thank you for writing such an incredible book. I highly recommend it to anybody listening or watching. And there, where would you prefer people to get it at, if they were to order it? When uh, the paper version is, uh, it's on Amazon. Where else? I tried, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, but the thing is, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into that, but for self-published uh, authors, they have like the best system and, uh, but, um, well, they can get it on, I, I, it's also registered or added to, I don't know, published through uh, Ingram Spark. Hmm. So people can order it in libraries uh, oh. also. Or I, I think maybe they can order it directly from them too, but I'm not sure about that. Okay. So that's for the um, uh, the paper version. Uh, okay. The um, digital version they can get in on get it on Kindle, or they can contact me directly through my website. And so that's for me that's the best. Like if I I sell a digital copy directly to someone, it's uh, I mean, you know, like uh, I make the most out of it. Okay. <laughs> no. And what about the audio? Yeah. Book? And the audio book is, uh, yeah, the audio book is, um, it should be on Audible soon. It's, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's pending approval. There's something that, anyways, it was there and then was taken out because they shot off uh, 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 Adult Brain's uh, account. Mm -hmm. that's an, another story but uh so oh actually i think for now for uh may, uh a month still i think uh if you go to um adultbrain.ca it is there in audio form for free for a month oh, if people want to yeah we decided to offer it for a month for free so that's one way to listen to it. And also, 
soon on Audible too. Fantastic. Awesome. And do you want to tell the, or would you tell the listeners and watchers, viewers, watchers, the watchers, <laughs> uh, where they can find <laughs> your work online? Yeah. Uh, well, my main website is dominicvalley.com. Uh, uh -huh. uh, but also I'm starting a new podcast. I already Ooh. have um, um, two confirmed uh, interviews, which are really, really cool. Uh, and so the, the podcast is called Hopscotch Chronicles. You can cool. see the I made a website. Uh, it's uh, the address is uh, hopscotchchronicles.com. Okay. Uh, so for now, it's only two uh, episodes, and it's just me reading essays that I wrote. But uh, I, you know, I enjoy these discussions way too much. I need to have more, so I decided I'm going to interview <laughs> some people too. Cool. So uh, if people, there's not much going on there. Same for my. I created a Patreon, but you know, like there's nothing there. But if people want to donate, okay, I would really help. <laughs> um, sending me all the links. But yeah, so to subscribe to the. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll send send them, send them to you, so they can already uh, subscribe to the the podcast, even though there's nothing really there for now. But mm -hmm. there's really cool stuff coming up i think pretty sure well thank you again for coming on and sitting down and taking the time to let us get to know you and uh again i highly re recommend the book there will be links in the episode notes for everybody out there to get it and to find i'm um, what i'm sure will be a fantastic podcast uh and let's do this again sometime down the line if you're up for it dominic Whenever you guys want, it was a, such a joy. Likewise, really cool. All right, it's an honor and a pleasure to finally meet you, Dominic. Thank you for your time. Thanks and to you, Hunter. <laughs> your great melt artwork. <laughs> All right, until <laughs> I will let you know when this uh, goes live, and I'll send you the appropriate links, and you can spread them far and wide. I will. Thank you. All right. Have a wonderful <laughs> evening. Oh, and say goodbye. Yeah, to you too. Oh. Say goodbye to your kitty for us. Oh, I will. Hey, babe. <laughs> Isn't that a pretty cover? It is a pretty cover, and it kind of goes with my skin tone right now. I'm looking a little pink, um, and the, plus this, too. Yes, exactly. Color-coordinated. Yeah. And something bit me when I was on my walk. Like a mosquito or something bit me. But that has nothing to do with the episode. What did you think of the conversation we just had? It was good. I'm I'm impressed that was only his third interview. Indeed. I'm yeah. impressed that he's speaking in his second language. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the challenge is always when there's a little bit of a lag. Yeah, I know. Like it gets know. clunky and it's hard to because you don't want to interrupt someone. And so exactly the timing, you have to kind of let there be some dead air. Completely throws everything off. It takes 
like it's a wheel a conversation is a wheel yeah. that you get turning this like this energy circuit mm -hmm. and when there's a lag it never quite gets spinning yeah unless the other person is doing a lot of talking which fortunately dominic did um so but if it was one of those conversations where it was did it, did it me, me, back and forth back and forth that that really kind of takes one out of the present yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you sound so sort of tamed it's just because i went on my walk right before we did this and so and i hadn't walked in three days because i've been doing this thing where monday through friday i walk for two hours a little over two hours two hours and 15 minutes and then on the weekends i take the weekend off um but friday i didn't walk so friday saturday sunday i didn't walk so today i walked and now i'm like night night <laughs> yeah because you it you now have a vocal fry where yes you usually you do not uh, yeah brunched bra, 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 and <laughs> <laughs> you, uh yeah it was good yeah. it was very good it was good i was sleepy so that was hard for me because i i felt like i wasn't giving a hundred percent of my and he has a very calming voice so i was like yes. now you're putting me to sleep um certainly not the subject matter but just my physical state was kind of drawing me out of it uh the kitty helped I like the kitty. I wonder what the kitty's name is. I want to know more deets about the kitty. I don't know, but we know how to contact him. So, and I wanted to tell Dominic that the kitty's probably in charge. In charge of him. Like at one point, he said, "Like humans aren't in charge." I wanted to say that cat's in charge. I can tell you, I got one good look in that cat's eyes, and that cat knows what's going on. Well, that cat trained him to keep his door open. So Clearly. that's a start. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's the way animals work <laughs> like your your dachshunds have you completely trained that's a fact yes and i'm i'm i've embraced that and i'm readily able to admit that <laughs> i'm good that's with the it. first step yeah, yeah you, it's good a good thing it. that you're good with it i know you love that role actually i love them so yes. i'm i'm steward of their life and here to make their world peaceful and as enjoyable as I possibly can. And I feel that, that, that animals give us the capacity to be humbled and to understand how, what a tiny little role we have on this earth. Yeah. I don't want to get into the dog discussion, but, um, where, where this inevitably always leads. Um, but this book uh, is great because it, I don't know if you, when you were looking through it, that you saw at the beginning of every chapter, there's these great little yeah, illustrations. Yeah, I was trying not to be rude and to be like reading his book while he was on the show, but I wanted to look at it. This first page is super cool. It's got, so, and I, <laughs> I spent probably 20 minutes of the first part of the conversation trying to turn this page and just thinking that I couldn't turn the page because as you can see it's like kind of light drawing and so I thought it was like a a 
transparency kind of a thing where, you know, like, you know, those pieces of paper like vellum that are thin that you can mm -hmm. use for tracing. I thought that's what this was. And so I kept like trying to peel the corner <laughs> while he was talking because I wanted to see the drawings. And then about, you know, 30 minutes into the conversation, I was like, oh, that's the page. Okay, I see what's going on. You're compromised. And I couldn't, I still see, now I've learned you cannot turn that page. It's not turnable. Um, the ISBN number is here. If you want to order the book, I can uh, send it to you. Because <laughs> you can't get that anywhere else except here. It's a Melt exclusive. We have the, It's we have a special ISBN number that... We get a percentage of the sales. No, we don't. I really love his drawings, though. That's a great, weird, wonderful drawing. And the backdrop that we are speaking on right now, uh, which is also the artwork behind the Melt logo that he designed, uh, is by him. Um, he submitted that, God, I don't know how long ago, a couple of years Two ago years. at least. Yeah. yeah, it's been almost three years now. Ironically, the logo that you see on the corner of this uh, screen is not his logo. That is Jim Bob's version yeah. of Dominic's logo. We love Jim Bob too. Yes. So it's a combo of both. Yeah. Uh, we switch back and forth between the two, but yeah. So fantastic book. Very, very well written. I... Uh, foresaw like the one of the reasons i brought up did he about him writing this to his younger self um i could see me in my 20s or my late teens reading this and just being like launched in uh into many many different directions i think I, that would have totally blown my mind at that time period i'm not saying anything about reading it now uh, and that my age detracts from the enjoyment of the book. But if I were a young person and I was sort of trying to, you know, feel my way around the world, figuring out who I am, trying to figure out what would be the best or most creative way to manifest myself and my desires, this book would be excellent. Yeah. I love his art. I really do. Mm -hmm. um, and here on the back, there's the ISBN if you want to take note of that. If you want to scan it uh, for whatever reason yeah. and see if it rings up on your computer. <laughs> what, what, why are you focusing on the ISBN number? It's, I, I volunteer at our local library and my whole life is surrounding isbns during my volunteer hours do you so. volunteer at the library should i take the webcam and sh <laughs> and show it around the room to all the things that that the viewers cannot see that we are on the verge of hoarderdom <laughs> let's not go there <laughs> the verge of the chasm I know, God, teetering it's so ridiculous it's so ridiculous i do have these thoughts sometimes um but i really love his art i don't know why there's just, maybe it's because of our logo and i'm just i've become accustomed to it but 
uh, just kind of skimming this book, I I wanted to ask him, but it's such a cheesy question. Like, how'd you come up with the title? But I was curious about how he came up with the title. Uh, listen the to title. the title. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Cheech. Listen to the Grimerica interview. Um, oh, now he, you're sending me to another podcast. Sure. How dare yeah, you? We're all one big family here. <laughs> yeah. We're all part of the big human. We love Darren. Um, you should check out his Instagram page because he posts some of his artwork there. It's really fantastic. I think I follow him on Instagram. I'm not on Instagram. I'm, I'm not sure. I think I feel like I do. Okay. Um, I know he follows the melt because for sure. I've seen his posts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perhaps we'll spare you since we're not in the most articulate states of mind right now. We're both compromised. I feel drowsy too. So um, I think I'm still hung over from the the sugar sugar indulgence of this last yeah. weekend. We went to the, the Renaissance Festival and here in our local area and had probably the worst fish and chips I've ever had in my life. And I'm probably more hungover from the seed oil they used than anything. Oh, fish and chip, fish and chip shaped objects. I think I don't, I'm not sure if there was any fish in there. It was like fish and shit. Well, <laughs> chips is another word for shit, really. like Buffalo chips. Go around the outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go around your outside. Okay. This before is we deteriorated. Before we descend any further. Way, way, way beyond any interviews that we've ever done. Yes. Before. Thank you all for listening. Um, God you bless you for listening. You've gotten this, this far. At this stage. You're a saint if you've gotten this far. It's much appreciated. Hopefully you got something out of that conversation. I suggest you follow him wherever you can. Follow Dominic wherever to he the goes. ends of the world. <laughs> and I highly recommend his book. Um, it's very entertaining to listen to the audiobook too. Graham, as I said, gives a very William Shatner-esque reading of it. <laughs> I mean, really, I, I see him, I could see him on the the deck of a schooner reading this. There's just something about his voice. It's just hard hitting, very yeah. Ernest Hemingway. I don't see, know. I see him wearing a turtleneck and like a tweed jacket that has like patches and reading it. Graham? Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening Graham it's all, all in good you. fun of course we, we do we love you and, and Darren we love Gramerica we're yes. big fans absolutely um, you may contact us either at the melt podcast at protonmail.com or I mean if you really want to contact me I get such a flood of emails constantly it's hunter hyphen no nay yeah. Oh, yes. It is. <laughs> Where am I? Hunter hyphen news <laughs> at Proton Mail. Dead Kim. She's <laughs> from Boston now. English is not my first, second, or third language at this point. Drowsy is your oh first God, language. Oh, God. Sleepy. Okay. 
thank you. Time. Thank you all for listening. Much love to you all. And um, yes, there's again incredible things coming your way. Yeah, we've got some coolie coolios, just like uh, Dominic. We've got some great people coming up. Yes, stay tuned. All right, ta ta. Meow. Thanks so much for making it this far. If you've liked what you've heard and are thus inspired to contribute to the well-being of the melt, there are a few easy ways to do that. The most tangible being financially, which can be achieved by clicking the Locals or Patreon link in the episode notes, and then you will be led through the process of starting your monthly subscription for a mere $5 a month. This will give you access to exclusive episodes, full-length episodes, and you can participate in our monthly Melt meetups, where we can congregate together as a community and often get a chance to chat with some of our guests more intimately. Another way to help out would be to go to wherever it is that you listen to the Melt and leave a favorable review or rating. You can also spread the word via sharing or recommendation to friends and family, either in person or virtually. And lastly, if none of those options are readily available or appealing to you, simply send your positive thoughts and intentions. In an interconnected and quantumly entangled multiverse, these also go a long way. Thank you. <laughs>